We're so blessed today to have John Smithwick and his sons, Andrew and David. His lovely wife, Martine, is not with us, but Elder Greg Harrell is coming to introduce John Smithwick. Morning, church. Morning. It's my honor to introduce to you a mighty man of God. I declare that over him right now. But uh, Marietta and I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with John and and uh, Andrew and David as well over the weekend. Praise God for it. And I just wanted to take a br brief moment to introduce him because I think that this is really his heart. The Lord gave this to me. And I just want to tell you what the scriptures say about what John's heart is. So in the Gospel of John, we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000, and that miracle is, is contained in several of the Gospels, but the Gospel of John is kind of a, a, a different account about that. So Jesus feeds the 5,000, then he gets into the boat. Well, he actually walks on the sea, and then they go to Capernaum across the, on the other side of the sea. And the next day, Jesus is actually getting ready to deliver a very harsh word. And uh, the other people that have come, they've been fed, they seek Jesus out. They come across the sea and they encounter Jesus before he delivers this message. And uh, in the Gospel of John chapter 6, there's a really strange dialogue that takes place. These, these disciples have followed Jesus and they get to squabbling about, man, Jesus, show us and how do we do the works that we just saw you do, these miracles. And Jesus sits there and looks at him, and here is his answer. He says, after they're squabbling, and wants, they want to know how do they, they do the miracles that they're observing take place in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus answers them and says, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That's the work of God, just to believe. And I can't think of anything that better describes the ministry of John Smithwick. He is a man that walks in the miracle power of the Holy Spirit, the miracle power of God, but his heart is to see people believe in he whom God sent. That's his heart. A man of miracles a mighty evangelist, a man of God, John Smithwick. Come on up, brother. 2021, God began to deal with me that you don't look at other organizations. You do what I have for you to do. I have a, an assignment in and on global ventures to, to trailblaze, to do what's not being done. And that's kind of been our MO by his grace and power, by his goodness. So you find a way. They said, oh, there's no way you're going to gather in Ecuador. There's no way you're going to gather in Albania. You can't gather crowds to do your outdoor crusades or festivals. And I said, well, we're just going to find a way to get down there. Pastors in Ecuador, didn't even, they didn't even want to listen at first. And we said, wait a minute. Are your people hungry? Do people need food? Are people you know, needing clean water? They said, yes. They said, we've had our worst hit of covid we came in about a month after, month, month and a half after their worst hit, some of the highest deaths and all that in Ecuador. And the reason it was a go is we said, we're going to raise money for food and we'll bring in food. And though we'll have to wear masks, we'll bring the food right into the people and we'll do their clean water drives that we do with clean water filters and that type of thing. And um, they said yes. 
And we said, we're going to innovate and find a way to do virtual crusades and broadcast it across the social media platform. So roll that next video. I mean, everyone was grounded. My alma mater, Old Roberts University, no team sent out. Our home church, Victory Church, huge mega church, no team sent out in 2021. And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, we'll roll that video and show you what God did. open this ear so he can hear again to full stability. Savior and Lord. convinced because we heard from heaven for what we were supposed to do and were willing to step out and allow the Holy Spirit's divine creativity and innovative just insight to flow through us. Not only did we see the harvest happen using unique tools like never before, but I believe as a result of that obedience, it hit me just in these meetings this weekend that not only the kickoff of our trips this year in 2022, in Zambia, the largest single harvest ever in Africa, over 62,000 souls in that week of ministry. Well, turn with me in the scripture to Luke 4, 18 and 19. Luke 4, 18 and 19, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says this, 
We know, if you've been around church, you've heard the famous first message that's recorded that Jesus preaches after he was baptized, tempted in the wilderness, came back in. This is the declaration in his own hometown of who he was, the fulfillment of the scrolls of Isaiah as he opened them. It was the slotted reading of that day in Jesus God the Son, the living word, was reading the written word and completing the fullness of what the written word, the prophetic passage of Isaiah, had de- what he had declared forth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And I'm going to read it off here so I get it right. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, or the original King James says, those that are bruised. How many know Jesus? Man, he came to do it all. Anyone that does not have the gospel is poor. I don't care if they got the gazillions of Bezos, Gates, and whoever the CEO is of Apple right now. If they had it combined, they are still poor because you can have the world, but if you step off into eternity and go to a devil's hell forever, that's poverty. And even if you take the sum of years, if you lived over 100, and you don't experience the abundant life, see, the fullness of God's life isn't just for eternity. Thank God it's for eternity, because that's forever and then some, right? But it's also about his abundant life now. God doesn't want us living in misery, in brokenness, in addiction. No, he's come He seated us with what he purchased at the cross and through the resurrection. The place is purchased for every human being on the planet to be in him seated in heavenly places in Christ. He wants us to have the overflowing abundant life here and now. And I want to read um, the Amplified Classic Translation says this. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. I like how it breaks it down here. The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abounds. Right out of the gates after this great affliction that has happened in the last couple of years. We're seeing some of the greatest amounts of salvation we have ever seen in respective continents of the world. That's no accident. We have stepped into the day, I believe with all my heart, when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. It is the accepted and acceptable day of the Lord. And you, go, you guys probably know some of the teaching on Jubilee under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. But how many know after the death, burial, and resurrection, year of Jubilee is every single day. It is 24-7 every second, every minute, 365 and a quarter of every single year. It is the time of salvation. But things have sped up into, in reference to the harvest cycle of God on planet Earth. To see Muslims... To see uh, radical religious folks, whether Muslims, Hindus, or Buddhists, saying yes to Jesus, seeing the crowds grow larger than they ever have before, 
in an area of the world like what I was just in, it means it is harvest time like never before on the planet. People, when they are hit the way we have been hit, people are looking for answers. They're looking for help. They're looking for hope. And how many know the clan of darkness and the prince of the power of the air, the prince of darkness himself, has thrown it into overdrive trying to bring confusion, trying to bring deception, and not just trying, he has brought deception. He has brought confusion. He has done a really great job at people not knowing up from down. And yet we're in the time of the greatest outpouring. In Zechariah 10, verse 1, I want to read to you what it says. Zechariah 10, verse 1, and I want to read verse 2. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make, hey, the original uh, King James says clouds, but I like this translation, make flashing clouds. Do you know what that is? That's lightnings. The lightnings of God. John G. Lake believed in the lightnings of God. If you study his teachings and him flowing with the anointing of God, he likened it unto electricity, lightnings. He, when in the time of the latter rain, ask for rain and bright clouds, flashing clouds, he'll give them showers of rain, grass in the field. For whom? Everyone. Everyone. How many know we're in the last of the last days? I believe with all my heart, with what I see and sense, both see in the word, sense on the world stage, and then see actually in the harvest and the miracle signs and wonders that are happening, that we have entered the edge waters of the last great move of heaven on this earth that's going to truly cover this earth the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And I like just taking it literal. There, you know that scripture. Habakkuk talks about that. Well, you can't find sea without waters, right? The original King James says like the waters cover the sea. You can't find sea without water. That means if the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover this earth, like water to sea, that means there's not going to be a corner of this earth one day that doesn't have not just glory manifesting, but people, when you say the knowledge of the glory, it means glory manifests. I had a, a team leader years ago in my team mania days of leading teenagers, and he said, John, I was on the backside of the Darien jungle, and one night in this village, this light pierced through. It was like illuminating the hut. There was no electricity. Electricity had been shut off this little village. And he said, it lit up my whole hut. I'd just come from service with the young people in the one main village church. He said, I left the, the young people there. You know, they shut off the electricity, but they stayed because God was moving so mightily. People just unusual manifestations of the Spirit of God. And he said, I jumped like, what in the world? Where's this light coming from? And he said, I looked out above this village church and a whole funnel cloud was what was illuminating this light far and wide all across the village. It had come down and was gently twirling above <laughs> that church. He said, man, I don't know. He didn't know, am I the only one seeing this or are others experienced? They're all inside there. And later he started 
taking note after this happened, wait a minute, none of my teens are getting stomach sicknesses, and we're out in the outback, the Darien jungle. None of them are complaining of water or food bothering them. None of them are having to hit the toilet. None of them are complaining about unusual bug bites or mosquito bites. He said this is an unusual teen mission trip. He had been on a few mission trips by then. He said, John, I began to talk to the village chief. He said, oh, you saw it last night. It happens from time to time. He said, what? He said, yeah, once we dedicated our whole village to Jesus, that happens, you know, once or twice a year. And he said the interesting thing that we began to notice is people don't have problems with bug bites in our village. Now the chief is saying this. And year after year since that began to manifest, He said, our crops grow more plenteous and larger than ever before, each year outdoing the previous year. And he said, uh, the fish in our streams and our rivers, they are more bountiful, the catch of fish that we go out and net in our fishing nets. The glory of the Lord. But the man wasn't just one that saw it from a distance. He had knowledge of why and how it was manifesting. Man, God's word, Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said before the end, in this gospel, the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. And that's not just geographical boundary lines of a sovereign governmental nation. That's talking God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Who did he love? It wasn't just geographical governmental forces that control this is the sovereign boundary. No, He loved the people on the planet, the whole world, right? So when it talks about this gospel of the kingdom, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will be seen in the earth as the water covers the sea. It lines up perfectly what's written in the red. Jesus said before the end comes, all, what's the original language? The original language is people groups. Every grouping of people is going to have the gospel presented to it because God plans to have around his throne every tongue, every tribe. Why are you about the earth getting the gospel, the world getting the gospel? Because Jesus is and God the Father is. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If we can jump back to that previous passage I'm going to read that we just had up right before this. I'm going to read verse 2 of Zechariah 10 because I believe this scripture, verse 1 and 2, prophetically describes where we stand right now, what we've just gone through and what we still see trying to manifest. Verse 2 says, For the idols speak delusion. How many know there's been some idols speaking delusion the last few couple of years? I don't care if it's the thing we call our television There's a lot of stuff that's been like coming out of the mouth of an idol, telling the wrong vision. Do you know what I'm talking about? So-called truth reports that are all scattered. You have to look for truth in the midst of the mumbo-jumbo, just false junk. The diviners envision lies. The dark side has concocted lies, agendas, all sorts of just diabolical plans. You know, Hollywood sometimes gets it kind of half right because I think God's hand gets right in there and says, you're going to do this. And I got teenagers. There was a, the largest grossing movie of all time when it hit the box office was a movie 
called Endgame. Anybody hear about it? Anybody got kids, grandkids? Just wave at me if you heard about it. Just trying to. It was the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the grand finale of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, a whole bunch of them, fighting this one overvillain called Thanos, who wanted the glove of power with all these stones of in, infinity stones so that he could snap his fingers. First, he wanted to wipe out half of all that was living. Round two, endgame, he wanted to get it so that he could wipe out everything living. Do you know that is a, a very accurate description of the sorry, defeated prince of darkness? Yeah. I wanted to just add in sorry and defeated because I don't like even saying prince of darkness, even though the canon refers to him as little g-god of this world because he's blinded, folks. Oh, but there's about to be a huge unblinding. There's about to be a light that's going to shine here before the end of time where people are going to see far and wide the risen king of glory, and they're going to know him by name because the church is going to arise, the remnant church is leading the way, and they're going to declare and walk higher in, a, uh, in an altogether different way than what we've ever seen before. Because there have been those that have told false dreams and they comfort in vain. Therefore, the people win their way like sheep. The people of the earth right now, and this isn't just what's happened in America. Listen, I've talked to this one over in another country and that one down in Peru. Very similar things, recounts and machines and uh, deceptions and this and that and promises and Things going just the opposite of promises. It is an, uh, an attempt, and I'm not going to point fingers at anyone except the devil, that has inspired the nonsense of what we've seen. Because at the end of the day, God's perfect will is even those in the dark crowd. He wants them to see Jesus. High and lifted up. Man, I'm very careful what I say because I want to reach. No, some will not change. Some will not bow their knee. And I have a very strong prayer for those that oppose the gospel and will not bow their knee. That's dangerous ground. But man, there's a lot of people that are just trapped because their mama and daddy said, hey, this is the way we believe. This is how we should vote. This is who we, what, and they're trapped, lies. They've been indoctrinated since knee high educational systems in play, and my goodness, when they see Jesus shining bright in this glorious day, they see him for who he is in his splendor, his might, his glory, his majesty. Listen, some of the darkest corners of the earth. I'm going to talk about Thailand. People don't think about it being a dark corner of the earth. It is dark. You can come and go very easily, but when you have an epicenter of the sex slave trade, and don't make the mistake, oh, well, they're being tricked and trapped into slavery. Well, some, but a lot of them upcountry, they just are precious, meager farmers. And a lot of this happens. We can't make ends meet. You're the daughter. The son has spiritual responsibility. In that culture, the daughters are the ones for fiscal responsibility. Isn't that kind of upside down? Um, I mean, spiritual responsibility, but the man needs to take care of Every, you know, leading the way, period. We need men to rise up and be men today. But anytime you get away from the light of the gospel and the light of the word of God, man, the enemy gets in play and flips things upside down and convoluted. So they're like, go, daughter, do your duty. 
And she goes and just sells herself into that industry and sends the money back up country to help pay for the bills and all that type of thing. You have one of the ministries we support up on the border. You can pull up uh, the episode we did long ago of child trafficking. We were doing episodes about human trafficking, child trafficking before it was even a, a real hot topic. But we support a ministry right on the border of Burma and Thailand. And the first child they rescued was being sold by the kind of the stand-in mother. I believe she was actually the aunt. But it raised this little girl. And she was going to sell that little girl for a flip cell phone. Not even a smartphone. Dear God forbid. There's no price you can put on any precious human being. But I think it came out to the equivalent of 17 or 19 bucks. And she was ready to, and Lana stepped in and said, hey, I will pay you more than what you're going to get in and through this cell phone. Let me have your little girl and rescued her out of that diabolical life. I mean, it is crazy the things that go on in these areas of the world. In India, some of you have heard of that movie. It's several years old now, Slumdog Millionaire, how they'll torture and maim kids to make them better beggars. Guys, sometimes it's the very parents breaking the children's own limbs, maiming them, blinding them to make them better beggars. Why? When you've been raised in a system, lies of darkness, and there looks like there's no hope, your mind gets so convoluted. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to even fathom. It's hard for me to say that. But that's what the devil does and runs rampant through whole cultures. Well, there we are preaching the gospel in little Thailand. In an area, they say this area is very dark, such a small, meager percentage of Christianity. And um, we're working, one of the churches we're working with, very, very small. I mean, you just take this section of chairs, and that would make up pretty much the sanctuary, uh, you know, of, of the church. And we're preaching. I don't know she's in the crowd, but she received one of our tickets, one of our flyers. And she looked down. She saw, oh, cool music and a group's going to be performing. But the thing that got her attention was one of our grand prizes. And in that culture, in that setting, one of the grand prizes was a portable gas-burning stove. And she thought, oh, my goodness, I can double my house-based noodle business. She had a little noodle business, and she thought, I can double it right here if I win that. Now, she suddenly had faith that she could win that. She saw, she read, she went. I didn't even know she was in that little crowd. That little crowd probably didn't have more people in it in, in the crusade that day in Thailand than or in this whole sanctuary. I didn't even know she was out there, but God knew she was out there. Lo and behold, we got through all the ministry and everything else, and guess who won the gas-burning stove? Her name was Powell. Powell came. Now, what I haven't told you about Powell is this. Powell had a bum leg. Powell limped everywhere she went. She had to drag her leg, an injury that had happened years before. And as she won the stove, she had prayed the prayer of salvation with it. says, man, this Jesus sounds pretty good. And we are very simple in the way we share. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask him to come in my heart. She did. Then we prayed the prayer of healing. She didn't even know it, but she got so excited when she won the little gas-burning stove at the thought of, I'm going to double my little house space noodle business, that she was rejoicing, jumping up and down on a bum leg that could not jump up and down. And then she looked down, thought... This Jesus is really good. Not only did I win at this little Christian so-called event, this gas-burning stove, 
But this Jesus that I just asked in my heart just healed my leg. Now, she went about her business. She heard about the church that was in that area, and that they needed to plug into the church, and we always work with local churches, and we're kingdom, man. We want ministry gifts and operation, discipleship, 16-week follow-up curriculum that we develop. We are about empowering leaders and that type of thing to implement and teach them the sincere milk, give them the sincere milk and foundation of the Word of God so that they begin to know who they are in Christ. But I said that these miracles will continue through pastors like this pastor that we're working with. We always feature the work of God in a region because that's how God operates. He can't use me all the way from America to do all the work, all the... No, it's got to be an empowered thing. I said these miracles are going to follow. They're going to... If you have a need, if you have a problem, you can get help at his church. Well, Powell heard all those things. Powell met that pastor. Powell began to go. But she had to go back to the market to get her, her supplies, her little ingredients for her noodles. Now she had stove number two, so she was up in the ante. She was going to increase her business model. Economic blessing had already come with the gospel reaching her. The late, older lady sitting at the market noticed that always would sell some of their ingredients. She said, what happened, Powell? Your leg not have problem. You're not dragging it. You're not limping. She said, what, what happened to you? What doctor? She said, what doctor do you see? She said, no, not doctor, God. What spirit house? What God healed? You see, it's Buddhism, but Buddhism doesn't have any power. The teachings of Buddha on their own, that has no power. People can't keep the rules and tenets of Buddhism. I've talked to a head Buddhist monk that practiced over 50 years, and in that 50 years, trained younger Buddhist monk, and he admitted, yes, I finally pinned him down. Are you better as a man than a woman? And finally, yes, I am better, and Hinduism says the same thing. I've had him admit it there in Hinduism. It's on the show. Go to globalventures.tv. Pull up the India episodes. Pull up the Thailand episodes. You'll hear and see things like that. Finally, he said, yeah, yeah, I'm better as a man. You have a shot at nirvana as a man, but a woman has no shot. Talk about sexist, debasing religions. No wonder they could say our women can do, go do this, that, and the other, turn tricks for money. But our young men have to go serve in the temple. If you're a woman, the only shot you have is if you give birth to a boy child and he will go serve in the temple X amount of time. They believe that hopefully he will earn enough merit for you that you will be reincarnated and come back as a man. And then maybe you'll have a shot at nirvana. But I asked that Buddhist monk, I said, come on, man, you've trained all these people in this stuff. Do you have a shot at heaven? He said, you never really know. Oh, but boy, Jesus. You encounter Jesus. You don't just know in the scriptures with what the scriptures say. Anyone that calls on my name shall be saved, believing in his heart. Those that come unto me and I, I will in no wise cast them out. You don't just know in the actual doctrine seen in the scripture, but you know because of the Holy Spirit encounter of God. You know that you know on the inside you're on your way to heaven when you're truly born again. Well, Powell said, no, not spirit house gods. Christian God, God of Christians, Jesus. She said, I've never heard the lady at the market, old, in her 70. I've never heard of who, Jesus, who? 
God of Christians, well, can he heal my husband? I, I, yes. Let me get a new pastor. She remembered. Go to the pastor, get help. Miracles have happened to him. Let me get my new pastor. Yeah, come. Her husband had had a stroke seven years before. Completely debilitated, laying in bed, one side of his body unable to move. Couldn't even get up. Had to have a bedpan. Couldn't reach the bathroom where they had him very close to. Could not feed himself. Couldn't talk right. That little Thai pastor of a church the size of this little section of chairs walked in boldly because he saw the miracles when we were there. And we encourage the same Jesus that does these miracles as in you, pastors and ministers, and laity. Because it's for the believer to walk in. Amen? Laid hands boldly on that man that had been a paralytic for seven years, not functioning. The power of God filled that little Thai house. And all of a sudden, he began to move what he could not move. He swung his legs around, stood up out of bed, said, I can talk. He began to say the name of Jesus because he had heard Jesus named as the one that was going to heal him. It wasn't just revival. It was a move of heaven. Harvest hit that family. That man was saved. Grandmama that worked out at the market to try to make the meager living was saved. The whole family saw what happened to Grandpapa. They all got saved. That church about doubled just with that family alone. <laughs> Had to run shifts in a truck to pick up this one, that one, another. It was an outbreak of heaven in that very Buddhist community because of one miracle that happened to one woman that believed and said, I know the answer, it's Jesus. Let me get my leadership. That one pastor that believed Jesus was just as mighty in him as he was in this red-headed white boy, not so red anymore, from the United States of America. God wants to move in this way. We don't ask them to come forward in crusades. We have everybody. We just target everybody. Everybody wants to win a prize. Some of the countries, the grand prize is a motorcycle. Sometimes it's a smart TV, tablets we give away, iPhones. You got to have cool music and you got to have great prizes because lost or lost, they're not going to come because you say, hey, this great Christian band is playing or Man, this, that, and the other can happen, but you bait them with things that appeal to them, and then when you get them there, you preach the uncompromised gospel of the risen Jesus, and it pricks the depths of their being, it touches their soul, pierces their heart, and they say yes to Jesus. Be praying with us, because while we did these meetings this weekend and while we're here at Generations, is we feel a stirring to do something we've never done at this level in the United States of America. How many know we need harvests like never before? Amen. We need souls won. And it doesn't need to just be a portion of the good news. It needs to be all the good news. And we need to use strategic, innovative social media campaigns. We need to have cool music, prize giveaways, things that draw the lost, bringing people together. But bless God, the power of all my, the powers of heaven, miracles, signs, and wonders. In our early days, we did a few school outreaches like this in America. And because we had all these things in play, we had stars of football teams getting healed, saying I was supposed to go in and have the... What's it called? The uh, ligament that ACL, ACL uh, jacked up. I'm due for surgery. Big old boy. I mean, bigger than David. 
big old hoss in Vertigris, right outside Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's jumping up and down saying, I don't have to have surgery, and the whole crowd goes wild. Teenagers getting saved, teenagers weeping. This thing works all over the world. Be praying with us. Wouldn't it be so cool if in Granbury, in the re this region, we do something that is the power of God, but done so wisely. He that won his souls, Proverbs 11.30, he that won his souls is wise. To influence people, you have to be wise. You have to use the right bait, the right draw, the right attraction, so that you get the lost, not just a bunch of believers, but then you give the lost the only thing that can save their soul, the gospel of salvation. Amen? How many here say, man, that would be kind of cool to see something like that happen in Granbury? Raise your hand high. Hands up all over. How many raising hands say, John, I'd be willing to help work something like that. I'd be willing to do a little bit of groundwork, legwork. All right, great. If you didn't scan that QR code, throw it up there again. Or if you're hard copy, pick up one of these. And at the top, write all your information. At the top, say special evangelism, you know, and circle it, Granbury. And that way we know you're all in on this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. He is a God of miracles, isn't he? Do you know the greatest miracle of all, though? Is knowing that one has passed from death to eternal life. Knowing that someone is no longer chained in fetters of darkness and sin and death, but they've made Jesus their Lord and Savior, and he's burst those chains, right, busted them right off their spirit man and literally recreated them on the inside and they become a child of heaven, a child of God. That is the greatest single miracle of all. If there is anyone here, anyone watching by social media or any platform and you aren't sure of your eternal destination being heaven the moment you reach death's door, man, this is your moment. The greatest miracle of all, why Jesus came, took our place of judgment, took our sin and death upon himself in shame at the cross, never did anything wrong, 100% God, 100% man, perfect, never turned anyone away, healed everyone that came and requested it. But the greatest works when he died on that cross and shed holy blood so that we could be cleansed, forgiven, have sin literally obliterated from our spirit man so that we are the very nature of of God by his Holy Spirit, by him living in us by his Spirit. That's the greatest miracle. If there's anyone here this morning or watching by any medium or listening, and you say, I'm not sure I'm that. I'm not sure I've received the greatest gift of heaven, the greatest gift of all, salvation, that I am in fellowship, relationship with the God of the universe that loved me so much that he came and died for me and rose on the third day. If there's anyone that needs that greatest gift here today, raise your hand high, just right where you are. Or if you say, John, I'm not where I need to be with the master. Yes, I prayed that prayer at one point or one time, but I've got some things going on. I'm not totally in sync with him like I should be. You're not. Thank you. Anyone else say, that's me. Paul talks about sin, and he, thank you. He also talks about weight. Thank you, thank you. Three hands all together. Anyone else? While no one's looking around. 
He talks about sin and weight, so I'm going to add a third call. If you say, John, I have not lived at the maximum of what God wants me to be and do in this earth. I haven't seen the miracles like you're talking about. I haven't stepped out. I haven't shared the gospel. I haven't lived for him. I'm living for this or that or a paycheck or uh, this thrill or that thrill. Raise your hand high. God wants to not only remove sin and death that comes with sin and disobedience, but he wants to cut away those weights. It's really, it's us. We repent. We say, I apologize. I repent. I change. I embrace you fully. I turn away from the sin, the muck, the mire. Scriptures refer to it as vomit. We wouldn't go back to a vomit like a sorry dog would. That's a sorry dog, not a good dog. But also cutting away, saying, I'm going to adjust my life. I'm going to cut the weights that held me back. I'm going to, it means even working and shifting less hours so I could be in church, so that I can be in that Bible study, that discipleship group. I'm going to cut it away. I'm going to do and put God first. I'm going to share with my friends, my neighbors, my coworkers. I'm going to live Jesus out loud. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. I'm not going to hide it in the corner of my heart deep down. I'm going to live Jesus out loud. Hands are going up here and there. If you say, that's me. I want to live. I want to see these miracles. You don't live if you don't walk in his goodness, his glory, his manifestations, his power. You don't really live the abundant life if you're not pouring out spiritual, eternal life to others. Raise your hands high if that's you anywhere in the room. Now I want to invite everyone to stand to their feet all over this. Everyone, everyone, stand to your feet. While we're standing, eyes wide open. If you say, John, as you've talked about miracles and God moving and harvest, I know there's a next level and I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the frontline maximum impact of the, that last great move of God on the planet. If that's you, you say, I want to do my part. Raise your hand high all over this place. My hand's up. And I've seen a whole lot. We've seen 2.3 million souls. But I want to turn that into 23 million souls. And then by the grace of God, us corporately, in my spheres of the body of Christ, us corporately to unite and one day yet to be leveraged into a billion souls across the planet. How many know that's just crazy enough to be a God dream? Man, I got my hand up at every one of my own calls like this because I want to be the most cutting edge on the cusp of what he's doing. I don't want just the edge waters. I want to go out and ankle deep, knee deep. I want to get out of the way so that it's so great as the prophet said that it's over. Well, I want to be right smack dab out in the middle of God's move on earth, where we're seeing blind eyes, deaf ears, crippled legs and limbs everywhere we turn. It's a body mobilization. There's no second, third, fourth string. God only has a first string role on his team for every single one of us. Everyone in the room, put one hand on your heart and lift the other hand to heaven. We're going to knock out all three, four of these areas by one prayer right now. Say, dear God, I believe in Jesus. I know he's 100% God and 100% man. I believe he is and was sinless. That he only did good and he destroyed the works of the devil. I believe the greatest work Jesus did for the whole human race was when he died on the cross, shed his holy blood, and then three days later rose from the grave. I believe he's Lord of the universe but right now, Jesus, I confess and declare you and humbly invite you into my heart and life to be my personal Lord, my Savior and King. That means I give you every facet of my heart, every part 
of my being, every talent, every bit of treasure, every bit of ability, I give fully. I push all the chips into the middle of the table and say they are yours. I'm yours. Use me to see your greatest things happen. I won't draw back. I'll unleash full attack. I'll do what you said do. If it's going to the other side of the planet, on a mission trip, or going right across the street, or the other side of the tracks, or across the office, on break, to share Jesus, I'll do it in all of those settings. I commit to it. In Jesus' name, I'm yours. I'll not live dark. I'll live shining bright. Your light. From here to the moment I draw on my last breath. Amen. Now right now, as we're in his presence, if you have a sickness, a disease, a pain, a problem, take that hand that was just on your heart. If you can touch that area of your body easily, do so. Or if you can't, just put it right back on your chest or you can put it on your forehead. Or if you've struggled with problems sleeping or uh, mental anguish or heartbreak or depression, if you've struggled with worry, anxiety, anything like that, put your hand right now on your forehead. Or you can touch your heart or you can touch the area of your body. If you have a deaf ear, put your hand on your ear. If you have a blind eye, put your hand on your your eye, whatever the problem, wherever it is. Right now, we're going to do it crusade style. I'm going to pray. I want you to envision Jesus right now walking up to each and every one of you. The greatest miracles we see are when we minister in this way. Jesus will never fail you. Envision him walking up, placing his hands on you. Hear his strong, very assuring voice say, I want to heal you. I want to make you completely whole. Drink in his healing virtue, his miracle power right now. As I say this brief but powerful prayer, in the moment I say amen, I want you to expect a total difference right then and there and do what you could not do before. But right now, envision Jesus, him laying his hands on you, him saying, yes, I will heal you. In the name of the risen Jesus, Lord and power, greatest power of all the universe, we declare healing, wholeness, freedom, liberty as the person of Jesus shows up on your behalf right now. Right now, his healing virtue is flowing through you. Just drink it in. Just breathe it in. We command every pain, every problem, every disease, every disorder, cancer, die, wither at the cellular level now. Tumors, growths, growths, warts, vanish in Jesus' name. Hernias mend in Jesus' name. Blind eyes open and see. Deaf ears hear. Now, pop open now. Right now, pain and problems in the neck, head, down through the spine. Neurological, nervous system disorders be made whole right now. Feeling return throughout your body. Proper sensation in your hands, in your feet, in your uh, arms and legs. In the name of Jesus, problems in the joints, muscles, bones, ligaments be made whole so that you can move properly, have full range of motion in your ankles right now, in your knees, your arms, your elbows. Right now, virtues flowing. Migraine headaches go, problems even with the mind, haziness of mind. 
right now gone in Jesus' name. The mind of Christ, clarity in every thought, the ability to sleep deep and sound and full nights right now. Sleep apnea go. Problems in shoulders right now. Full range of motions, healing, wholeness right now. Thank you, Father. Everything we've named, everything we haven't named, being made whole by the healing power and virtue of Jesus that is filling and flooding the place, filling and flooding your body and your being now. Breathe deep. Just breathe in that virtue of Jesus. Yeah, it's spiritual, but it's also physical. That's how come it makes physical differences. So take a deep breath. Breathe in that healing anointing of Jesus. His tangible presence and power is flowing right now, right through you in this place. In the name of Jesus, we declare it done and you to be able to do all that you could not do before by the power and sealed work of Christ Jesus, the Son. In Jesus' name, amen.